Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Decoding Society. This is your host, D'Angelo Starnes. Today is Wednesday, April the 18th, uh, extended tax day. But, uh, you know, hopefully you all got your taxes in. Well, at least an extension. You know, an extension, if you owe money, you better have that extension in. Because that's, if you owe money and you don't have an extension on file, they can charge you interest and penalties based on your late filing. So that's the importance of the extension. It doesn't necessarily impact uh, your refund. It delays it, but you need an extension if you're going to owe money. So word to the wise, little free legal advice, tax advice, whatever advice, business advice. Uh, anyway, uh, welcoming to the show. Today's show is my co-host, Chris Cathcart. What's up, brother? Chris Cathcart, connection is a little bad right now. Um, so uh, today's show we're going to, and, and our apologies, uh, you know, we uh, kind of went in the dark uh, for a couple weeks. Well, no, about a week. We didn't, we didn't do a show last week after we did the three on the uh, 50th anniversary of, of, of Martin, the assassination of Martin Luther King and uh, the uh, recent death of Linda Brown. Um, but uh, a lot has happened since then, and uh, we're picking up with the topic that's timely. Um, so sometimes, you know, topics find us. Uh, you there, Chris? Yeah, I'm here. I got I got I got tossed off for a second, but I'm here. Okay, I couldn't hear you. You know, the, you know, the powers that be don't want us to do this show, man. So you, you know. Yeah, man, you know, <laughs> all the algorithms and stuff, you know. Uh, we're going to do a show about that, too, because um, uh, we need to do it fairly soon. Because, uh, folks, we we got we to come together and, and, and figure out ways to counteract and counterbalance uh, this. Because, you know, you look up and, you know, it's supposed to be this altruistic um uh, uh, mechanism for you, Facebook, so you can connect with people, Amazon, making it easier for you to do shopping online, Google, search for anything you can think of. And then there's the flip side to it, you know, Amazon with its cloud uh, services that, you know, has a government contract with. Uh, Google's got, I think, uh, a similar type of, of arrangement. I know there were... Um, Google employees who uh, signed a petition uh, to refuse to do work uh, for the military using their system, their, their Google Maps uh, apparatus to uh, do drone strikes. And then, you know, and then Facebook, oh, wow. you know, and Facebook, you know, well, they sell the advertisers, but, you know, they tell you that it makes it easier for you to find products or things that you're interested in, but it's steering you. So, you know, if you don't know what you don't know, and that algorithm is keeping you in a loop of things that you do know. So we're going to talk about that. Oh, but you know today, what? Go ahead. The, the, go ahead. the thing that um, 
the way the way it was when all the Zuckerberg thing went down, um, the, the 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 point that I think really resonated not just with me but a lot of people when they said that you as a Facebook user you're not the customer you're the product, mm. and and that and that that really because it made me think like if you're walking down the aisle of a supermarket you're the customer. You're not the you're not the Captain Crunch, right? Right. But right. in this application, we were the Captain Crunch, or we are the Captain Crunch. We are the gallon mm-hmm. milk. We are the dozen eggs. We are the 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 donuts. We're, but we mm-hmm. don't want we don't want to. So you really start thinking about yourself that way, because you know, with all the ups and downs with uh, with social media and Facebook in particular, that's that. You know, the social social network du jour right now. You never thought about the fact that you you was being sold. You're not the buyer. Mm. And That's I think right. that 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 didn't make people because I don't care how much fun that we have on Facebook and all the great things and staying in touch with loved ones. The idea that we're the product, I think, really resonated with folks. So um, that it, to me, that did at least to know if you if you kind of know it. But to have it said like that, right in your face, after something like this, you have to start thinking, like, I got to be a little bit more mindful about how my presence is used, you know? Well, that's such a good point. Uh, I didn't hear that, and I wrote it down. Uh, But that boils it down. Um, You know, in in intellectual uh, property or, uh, yeah, and and privacy law, you can't your uh information um, and your likeness at least uh can't be used without your consent so you know uh, I can't sell chris Cascard's uh jerseys or or photographs without you know getting a release from chris or video of you lecturing uh unless you put it out there yourself or or you know you and I have a, a contractual agreement where you license your you know, yourself to be sold, basically. And so, uh, so along those same lines, somebody, uh, uh, and I haven't read the article yet, somebody slipped me an article that said uh, the, the table should be turned where Facebook pays you for your information. So, uh, you, you can, and, and so this is, the way they, this is the way they frame it, though. This is the way they frame it. And this is, in, in contract law, we call this... Um, Unconsciousability, yeah, meaning that it's something that's kind of outside of your A, uh, normal understanding, and B, you don't have any bargaining power to change it even if it was. And so uh, Facebook and, and a lot of these companies that, that utilize the information, like when you're in a mall and stuff, they tell you that the trade-off, we don't have to pay you for your information uh, because what we give you is a more personalized, customized experience. Um, you're able to connect with your loved ones because you're on Facebook. You're able to share information on Facebook that, you know, you're, you're able to have a platform on Facebook. Uh, you can write blogs and whatnot, and, and you're not paying. So the trade off is your information. <laughs> right. You don't really look at it like you know. You know they don't. That's unconscionable. Why? Because they don't tell you I'm making millions of dollars off your information. 
I'm steering you well, because I you mean, gave I, me. Great. No, Go ahead. because the, the 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 those of us as social media users, we 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 overload on the side of the table that discusses what we get from the relationship. Right. We underload what discusses what we give because of the relationships. And it and it's it's, yeah. it's very I mean it makes a lot of sense because, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's an opportunity above and beyond, you know, staying in touch with loved ones and, and, and grammar school friends and family members that otherwise you'd have no idea how to get in touch with and and being able to share information that you like these people to have and get information that you think you need. Um, but the idea to go on there and entertain ourselves, to basically post photos yeah. of ourselves and to, and to let the world know how great our lives are, that, I mean, I'm not saying it's facetious because I'm one of two, so it's not an attack on anybody, but the, right. that right. draw is so intoxicating that it overwhelms the whole concept of, okay, I was looking for a television on this other website, then I went to my Facebook page, and that same television was being advertised on my Facebook page. <laughs> that that, right. that probably means that somebody's paying attention to the things I do when I'm not on Facebook, and that should yeah. raise a flag. But that television is right next to that nice picture of your last outing or your friend's kid's right. dance recital, and you mitigate that by saying, okay, I'll trade that off for these things I get. And I think with this information that came out, um, Cambridge Analytics and all that, that the price may be a little bit higher than we think we're paying to get what we're getting out of it. And I, that ain't oh, just absolutely. Facebook. Facebook's just like Facebook's just like you know that they're just the Zeus of social media, but they're not the only player in the game. Right, right, right. So, so, and that's true. So, Facebook in and of itself, Zuckerberg and and, and whatnot. They may have, you know, a, a relatively altruistic, you know, uh, uh, motivation, and 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 they feel that the trade-off is 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 one that's that's uh, fair. But with but then there's the partners of Facebook, you know, they're the people that 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 buy that information from. Right, you there? Did I lose you? Okay, we're having some technical glitches uh, right now, and I apologize uh, for cutting off. Um, Chris, you no, still there? You know, yeah, what was happening is that we were rambling on social media, and so the powers that be said, enough said, enough said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we better, we better, man. We think we're pretty, yeah, anyway. Okay, so let's let's run to the topic of the show. We'll, we'll get it. We'll sneak it back in. We'll get back at it. Um, white paranoia um, is the topic of today's show. At least that's the uh, call um, when we do our shortcut on, on iTunes and whatnot. And, uh, and it's corollary, uh, the presumption of guilt because you're black. Um, and it, it, it's expressed in many ways, but the most high-profile stories we've had over the past week week and a half uh, was obviously this Starbucks, this incident that occurred at Starbucks in Philadelphia, um, uh, whereby two African-American gentlemen were 
arrested because they were sitting in a Starbucks. <laughs> they hadn't purchased anything, um, and the manager uh, alleges that she asked them to leave. They said they were waiting for their friend. Uh, as uh, the cops show up, the friend shows up, the cops proceed to continue to effect the arrest, and it's a big national story, um, culminating in many folks calling for a boycott of Starbucks. Starbucks responding flaccidly at first, uh, but then taking it more serious uh, when they see that this could turn into something uh, ugly, um, whereby they will uh, close all stores on May 29th in order to uh, – train their entire work staff on racial bias. Um, so, um, talking to you, Chris, uh, where's the white paranoia in this, and where's the presumption of guilty because you're black? Well, I mean, the, the, um, the, whole, the whole concept of uh, the, the perceived, um, and I don't even know if it's so much that, that you're guilty, it's just the concept that you might become violent. Or something. Um, the yeah. the the uh, because if you think about it, the the I remember having this conversation. We were at Howard talking to my buddy Abita, and we were talking about how uh, the there were areas of D.C. where they that that you know some some of the few white neighborhoods at that time that people thought you know they were picking up brothers and stuff from that because they thought they were being violent. I remember somebody was running away from a couple of guys at the mall over by the monuments, and there was this perception of. Uh, uh, violent behavior And if you look at the history of our people in this country We've been much more the recipients Of violence than we've ever been the purveyors of. So the, the, That that whole uh, Narrative Of an angry Violent uh, Agitated black man is a creation Of I think a society that Wanted to ensure that you could pit certain Classes or groups of people against each other Um you know, civil rights, doing it, just going back, we, the whole Dr. King thing just went down, but the, the 50th anniversary of his assassination, um, one of the things that went up when the riots started were gun sales in white communities. Mm. And, and, right. and, you know, the, the restriction of gun laws in certain areas and the liberating of them in others was a direct response to you have to protect yourself, you have to arm yourself. But if you go back to the history of, peop- of people of color, particularly black people, particularly black men, and women too, but black men were just context of what happened at Starbucks. If you go back to slavery, to Reconstruction, into the early 1900s with the Red Summers and the lynchings, into codified Jim Crowism, we were always much more the victims of, of you know, uh, crowd violence, individual violence, small gang violence. And so this whole concept that at some point we became violent. Where if you if we're sitting in a Starbucks or some other place and we're not ordering food, then the perception—not so much that we're guilty of what we did—is just that we're guilty of what we might do. And um, mm. it's but it's, it's nothing new. I just think that, and I've had this conversation with some progressive folk over the last few days. I I'm not quite sure that I'm just going to always suggest that when we encounter situations like this, that the first thing we do is boycott. I don't mind the boycott. I think making holding people accountable, holding companies and organizations like Starbucks that have as much power and as much reach, and they take as much money as I pocket as they do anybody else in any other community's pocket for their caffeine and coffee and cupcakes. Um, 
that we don't dilute the power of mass action and boycotts because that's a tactic, and tactics have to be associated with a greater strategy that has some idea about what you want. How do we move this forward? It was the, the sit-ins at Woolworths and the Freedom Riders. These were geared to address very specific things, and I don't mind the concept of boycotting. But it, it can't just be that we, okay, now Starbucks is racist and we don't go there anymore. Denny's did really bad things and black folk found their way back to Denny's. And Coors did really bad yeah. things and black folk found their way back to Coors. So I'm just saying that I'm not saying do not boycott, but let's not – this is an extremely strong weapon in the tactical box of what we have at our disposal. Let's make sure that when we pull it out, that is attached to a broader concept of what we may want from it. Or what we, or is it just that to not ever go into Starbucks again? Good luck with that. Getting black people to do that. So I, 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 I don't see anything that happened here. I don't see anything that happened here, uh, D. That was um, surprising, that was alarming. Mm-hmm. Other than the fact that Starbucks has always kind of fashioned itself as the hip, you know, out of house office, um, some kind of egalitarian joint where everybody's everybody, everybody gets along, and you don't associate Starbucks with acts like this. That. Probably that's why I think the, the CEO tried to respond so quickly because they tried to pride themselves on being advent guard when it came to issues of race and sexism and things of that nature. And it just pulls back the world that no one's immune. You know, there's no organizations or individuals immune from that. And so um, I'm inter- I'm glad to see that these conversations are taking place, and I'm glad to see that people are mobilized and acting. I just want to make sure that we could tie it into some longer range um, impact and some longer range goals. If any, you know, I, and I and I like that, you know, to to have uh, to to not you know dilute the power of a boycott uh, unless and until you have a, a specific outcome that you're trying to uh, achieve. But I also think that um, there are times when you need to do it to send a message. And so, what happened yeah. out of this? So, so Starbucks is responsive. You know, good. But what 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 did we find out? We found out that Phil, the Phil, the Starbucks of Philadelphia, they have in that particular central Philadelphia, uh, it was revealed, has a policy whereby they're a little bit quick on the trigger to to uh, uh, to push people out to you know to, to not have people sit in the Starbucks, you know, solely as a as a like you said, an office away from office. And we all, the, I do, I do. I got a couple of coffee shops that I go to, uh, to, to get out of the house, you know, um, but, uh, so there's, so, so that was revealed. And so, you know, maybe there's, uh, some sensitivity that can be right out of at least Starbucks. Since many of us, uh, uh, you know, you, uh, patronize that place, but also there's, there was the, there was this that came out. Where are the black coffee houses? One of the coffee houses right. I go to is a black-owned coffee house in Five Points. Um, so you know they're they're black-owned coffee houses that are, you know I don't know if they're struggling, but they could use some black dollars. And so you know I think that I agree wholeheartedly with what you said, but I also think that there's sometimes we have to seize the opportunity to send that message that we're not going to put up. With this kind of treatment, you know, it's bad oh, enough no. to see ourselves getting. Go ahead. 
Bro, no, listen, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly that I am much more encouraged that action took place than I, I would have been okay. to find out that it hadn't. But I'm just saying that, that as we take a short view and we take a long view. So we have this discussion, we take the short view of it and we take the longer view of it. The idea that, that different Starbucks in different communities have different policies, that's not new. I've been to Starbucks where there are no codes on the bathroom door. I've been to Starbucks where they yeah. readily give you the code if they have one. And I remember I was at the Starbucks on Crenshaw Boulevard in Los Angeles with, at a Starbucks for a meeting, and not only did they not give me the code, the woman behind the counter, when I asked for the code, actually walked me over to the door and put the code herself to let me in. So one, she could, and if I am telling you on my word is my bond, this is, I'm not making this up, I said, is it so bad that you can't even give out the code when you have a code on the bathroom door? Now, how how do you determine where these areas? I would be very interested, but not very surprised, to see how they mm-hmm. determine which Starbucks to get colds and what type of neighborhoods they're in and who frequents those who frequents those Starbucks. But to your point, no, I am happy that this went down, and I am happy that some of the conversation has been to say, okay, if you live in a major city, maybe it's time you start raising the flag on where some of these black owned or female owned or LGBTQ owned. Um, coffee shops and, 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 you know, small eateries and things like that are, because maybe there are organizations and groups. You don't have to just reflexively run to Starbucks because you're trained to do so. And maybe there's right. you want to make a statement, you want to boycott and really make a statement and commit yourself to grabbing a cup of coffee from Mr. and Mrs. Joe's down the street's coffee shop. So, no, I, I agree 100%. I'm just saying that, that we're going to, and I know in the era of Trump, it makes it these type of things would be easier to act on because there is an undercurrent of anger that is justified anyway. That's just a fact. That right. Not, we're, you know, you, if, if, if we thought the overall environment was more hospitable, there might be a little bit more, okay, well, there's a whole lot of Starbucks. I've been in like 30 different ones over the last 10 years. They've all been cool with me. So, But in this era, and I think it's justified, you know, any kind of um, action that, that comes off as racist or sexist should be dealt with and dealt with squarely. So I agree with you. I'm just saying that I like to have that conversation about what the other things are that we can and should do. And, and you know, I don't want to go on a tangent because uh, with with Starbucks in particular. So let's get back to something you said uh, that I found astounding, which is uh, guilt, presumption of guilty because you're black, but really because of what we might do, and because yeah, so, yeah, I think I think there is that, that that psychological component to it because of the history of violence against black men in this country. You know, maybe there's this this generational fear that you know one of these days these guys are going to do to us what we did to them. Um, and as a and as a and as an example of that, and this was the other incident, a uh, public incident that that we had planned to to use. Uh, to discuss this thing is uh, what happened to the 14-year-old kid. And I, I apologize to everyone uh, for not having that information right in front of me. Um, 14-year-old uh, young African-American male in Michigan um, who had overslept, missed his school bus, uh, was walking to school, didn't have his phone because I think he got in trouble. And so his mom did the right thing and took his phone from him. Uh, maybe he wasn't doing his homework. We're 
speculating. But in any event, he didn't have his phone, didn't know where he was going, and so he knocked on a door of a uh, white couple, uh, and the uh, the woman who answers the door immediately accuses him of trying to rob their house, and then the man of the house rushes downstairs, grabs a shotgun, aims it at the kid who has his hands up, and luckily for the kid, he uh, the man had uh, the safety still on, but um, but you know, kid started running, and, and afterwards the gentleman uh, removed the safety and started shooting at the kid, missed, and boom, we got another national story. Is that you know? Yeah, the the, the, the kid's that, name is I, I the kid's name is Brennan Walker. He's fourteen. He was missed the bus you. and he got lost on his way, and then the. The gentleman that shot at him is Jeffrey Craig Ziegler, 53-year-old, um, who's actually out on bail now. So the good thing was the cops didn't come and arrest him. And apparently they said all the right things. Was that – but okay, so, yeah, you're right. Uh, so, yeah, there was an arrest, and immediate, and, and some public statements that I'm sure his defense lawyers will use um, uh, later on in trying to get the trial moved. Uh, but uh, – uh, uh, but you know, to their credit, they did respond quickly and did recognize the outrageousness of this. But it seems to me that that this is a, an example of that presumption of guilty because you're black and we're afraid of what you might do, I, just based on the woman's statements to the young man when he got to the door. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I what I've read about it, it wasn't the whole. He was trying to find out directions and trying to explain himself and. To the wife, and then when the gentleman ran downstairs with the gun, um, the young kid took off, and like you said, uh, he didn't know much about how to operate the gun. The gentleman with it and had the safety on or something, so a lot of time transpired between he was able to re- get the release off and the kid was able to get away out of harm's way. So, I mean, that was the best thing about it. nobody was hurt. But, I mean, that, that, that type of thing has happened before. I, remember, I can't remember the woman's name, but some woman was in a car accident, and she – was right. ignoring it in the neighborhood, and she went to the door to get help, and she got shot. Um, I mean, that that it has to. If there's enough incidents like that that go down, then we have to understand that there's some mindset that suggests to people that there are some people who are more predisposed to be violent and act out in violence than others, and that's just real. And and when it comes to black males in particular, the studies have shown that you know younger black guys 13 14 15 are almost always perceived perceived as being older than what they are i don't i don't think you know for the most part a 14 year old a 13 year old uh, white or asian cat that comes up to your house is going to get shot at they're going to get asked like what are you doing here how can i help you or something you need and if they act a certain way then the cops are going to be called on but it won't be it won't be a knee jerk to grab the firearm and go after the young person and there's a reason for that so but, it's, you know, all these things do speak to larger issues and larger narratives. That, that well, the country does not, has not, and does not seem to, when I say the country, I mean it's institutions. I don't mean, and I want to be clear with your listeners, particularly listeners who, who, who our listeners who call, who listen in, and aren't from the African-American community. This is never an attack on individuals. This is institutionalized behavior and, and, and activity that has to be addressed. So, 
that person's attitude began somewhere, that he thought it was okay to grab a gun. It wasn't a knee-jerk reaction. It was a response to something he had been programmed to do. And we got to deal with that. So that, this is like I said, this is an incident where the young guy got away. But think about all the times it doesn't work out. You all right, brother? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to mute myself. Sorry. Um <clears throat> Yeah, uh, what is in, you know, the psyche that your first impulse is to, to shoot at a kid? You know, it's, it's same thing happened with in the, in the Trayvon Martin, the George Zimmerman murder of Trayvon Martin. I mean, there is exactly. that presumption that, you know, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, there was that presumption that he was doing something wrong. Um, and he, you know, and he, and he was tailed. Uh, like you said, Tamir Rice, uh, the, the the kid, they got shot in Walmart. Uh, the recent murder of Stephon Clark. And he, cops showing up. Immediately ca- There's this this white paranoia, at, at least when it comes to, to black men, black people. I, I, it happens to sisters, too. Uh we need more white people like the person in that Starbucks to speak up and out on and against yeah. uh, these, these incidents. And, you know, and not to the choir, but to other white people. You know, to say, hey, this thing, what are we doing? We're crazy. You know, so uh, there's another incident somebody posted about um, a gentleman at an L.A. fitness, I believe it was in Sea Caucus, New Jersey. Um, white dude, uh, uh, they had a gym, white dude, uh, in there on a four day, one of those four day trial passes. Um, a young lady at the, at the front desk notices he hadn't paid. He says he was in there on a trial membership and that he was there as a guest of, of his friend. His friend is an African American male. Uh, so they say, okay, you're cool. But he's not. <laughs> I'm an American <laughs> man. Says I'm a member and I'm paid. They pull up his record. Sure enough, he was a member and he was paid. They called the cops anyway. What cops? That one I haven't heard about. Yeah, this I think it just happened. I just saw it earlier on on social media. This this is the good part of social media. So. So the the cops show up now. For once, the cops weren't operating because uh, you know they'll 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 react uh, uh, on that white paranoia uh, in a hot second violently. Uh, but to these cops' credit, uh, they didn't. Uh, the the brother uh, is there and he's uh, being asked to leave. And um, when the cops show up. Uh, he asked them, what did he do wrong? And they said, we don't know. <laughs> we don't even know why we're here. They told the dude, the, 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 the white friend who was taking a video of this on his phone to stop videoing, uh, he wouldn't stop uh, because he was afraid of what might happen. And uh, they, they, uh, they, the people at the gym, appealed to the cops, and the cops uh, didn't become violent, or, or they said, well, we can't stop him from that's your policy, but it's nothing against the law. So, you know, uh, one of where white. Pre- 
I had I hadn't heard that one, but um, I, I mean, it's probably if we did a really intense Google search, we'd find any number of uh, un, undiscussed, unheralded incidents like that. And you know, and the, you know, the point I want to underscore again, like I said, the people who listen in, is that this isn't an issue of black and white. That 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 boils it down to almost uh, unfixable situation if it's like this one race or one group against it's just an unjust is what it comes down to it is are you going to extend the rights of human beings and humanity to everyone or are you not and if you're not then we got to deal with why that is and if we're on the receiving end of not having it extended then it's incumbent upon us to stand up for it so anytime we get into these conversations because i when i teach my classes which are always diverse and we bring up topics such as this, I'm always really, really clear that do not look at this as, as you're pitting a group against another in and of itself because that, that's too narrow and you never get, you'll never get out of that box. But you can un- get your head around the concept of just and unjust. You know, yeah. right and wrong are fairly clear if you, if you come at it objectively. So us standing up for this brother that was these two brothers in Starbucks it's not about black people standing up for black people. It's about human beings standing up for other human beings who are denied, at least to some degree, their humanity. Now, we can trace backwards and put the reasons that that is. It's historically because people of some backgrounds in this country have been extended it and other ones have not. Then, yes, then let's deal with it. But not, not, not as, you know, not as base level as just if it's a racial issue because it's not as clear cut as that. It is much deeper and much more profound. And I just think that we always got to underscore that because what happens is that pull, people will pull you into this tribal discussion. Um, you know, I'm just going to back my side and you back your side. You, you, we should all have the same side about basic respect and justice and humanity, and that's what this whole fight is. But I think that's what every every struggle for any kind of rights or recognition, whether it's for LGBTQ rights or women's right to vote, the African-Americans seeking freedom and, and equal rights and Native Americans. It's not about the individual groups. It's about the acceptance and understanding all these groups reflect humanity writ large. And, and that's why, you know, if I, if I was in the gay community or Native American, I'd hope I'd be speaking from that podium. You know what I'm saying? But I am proudly an African-American, and it is from this position I wage this war. Yeah, the problem is, yeah, I, that's, I get it. The problem is the data suggests that this, this shit keeps happening to us and other non-white people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah so, I mean, I don't want to make a tribal. Go ahead. No, no. I mean, I, empirical evidence is is what it is. I mean, I don't have to. I'm just saying that it, 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 it's, it's not the, the quest to put one over the other. That's the point I made. It's the quest to say, okay, yeah, no, equality yeah. is a goal. It's just that we got a long way to go to get there, and the empirical evidence suggests that there are some groups a hell of a lot less equal than others. That's a fact. Yeah. It, it, but, and, and, but, but in addressing your point, so that is what would be helpful for uh, the apathetic and the silent who think to themselves, oh, that's kind of fucked up. You know, because you know, but but don't say anything. And and then when they, and I'm, we've been and yeah, we as a society, we're trained to think like, for instance, with the men and and, and Starbucks. Well, it must be something more to that. <laughs> that can't just happen like that. You know, they they must they must have done something. 
Right, you know, right. You know. Maybe, yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, the hesitation's got to be wrong as wrong, like you said. You know, you know that shit's wrong. And the, and the cops, you know, in the Starbucks, they could have easily, when the dude that they're there to meet shows up and says, let me buy them a coffee, and they say, no, we're going to take them down anyway. I mean, where's the humanity in that? But what I'm saying is that you're right. If we take it out of tribal and we talk about right is right, wrong is wrong, just is just, and, you know, and something that's unjust needs to be addressed regardless of what demographic or, right. or I forgot the word that they use, that you that you are, and it, it, then let's do it. So, so, yeah, I'm appealing. So that said, I'm appealing to white the white listeners and white people just speak up when you see this kind of stuff happening, because we need your help. We don't you you know why are those guys boycotting? Why are those guys out there? They know the cops are going to kick their head in. They know. I mean, why are they burning down things? Stand with us, and we may not have to do all that. Yeah. Nice if, yeah, I, if everybody if I had a sense of justice. Go ahead. And no, and if if you if you really think about all the great leaders of any color, uh, any background, who 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 stood up from the, you know the Mandelas to the Frederick Douglasses, yeah, Kings, yeah. all of them essentially Paul Robeson, all of them essentially either at the beginning, the middle, or the end, definitely near the end, focus on the fact that this is about people being treated as people. It's just that we have Malcolm. to deal with the fact that there's certain groups that are disproportionately affected negatively, and that can't be ignored. But that, that you know, that, that's what – even the Panthers, man. People get on the Panthers. The Panthers run a racist organization. They just understood that people no. get the brunt yeah. of the racist attacks by the cops for people of color. So they set up on that regard, but they organize with everybody. Latin Americans, yeah, yeah, Native Americans, progressive whites. Yep, yep. Yeah, and they, and they were considered yeah. the poster child for angry black men in the late sixties. I mean, they that 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 That's, made J. Edgar Hoover, black guys with afros, black jackets, and rifles. Oh my God, that that made the work of J. Edgar Hoover and those guys so easy. But even they weren't ones who were like, we just dig black people over everybody. If you yeah. if you really yeah. pay attention to what they were saying. That's a great point, great example, and a great debunking. Um, you're absolutely right. They were not. Now you're right. Okay, man. Uh, any final words on this topic? Because we're nearing the end of our time. No, I think you know. We, we. I'm just happy that we're we're talking again. And I, I mean, we live in an era where the subject matter for a show like this, and I really appreciate and admire you for starting it and keeping it going after all these years. The subject matter for a show like this is unfortunately. It is a it, it 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 is a stream that continues to it never stops flowing. So I Woo! I um I look forward to uh, both in the good ways and in the bad ways. I look forward to the next opportunity to chop it up. I really appreciate it. Man, uh, me too, and I appreciate uh, you taking the time out to 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 dialogue on this. Uh, you know, and, and spending time out of your your busy day to to. To uh, lend your intellect to these kinds of discussions, and it's not just during the forty minutes that we do this, but you know the 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 pre 
you know, discussions that we have offline and, and exchange right. articles that, that, you know, information that we, we do. Um, but what, real quick, uh, I, I think we can both say that we're happy that the, the, the thing up at Howard ended peacefully and it oh, yeah. seems to... Yeah. Oh yeah, and 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 it, it ended uh, the the protest at Howard. That uh, I guess is going on its second week of being resolved now. And not only did it end, it ended very favorably relative to what the student protesters needed and wanted. Um, and so I really take my hat off to them. You know, Howard can see nothing out of demand, and anything that you think is wrong has to be challenged. And they they actually acted on those those two among many ideas. And, you know, it, I'm sure they got vilified and they got attacked. A lot of people said they should just go back to class. They're just students. They don't know how, to, they don't know how this thing runs. They don't understand how the institution like this functions. And they said to hell with that. They knew what was right and what they wanted. And they didn't get everything, but they got quite a bit out of it. And I think as an alumni, as you and I are, um, the institution is a better place because of it. So bravo to that. Uh, yeah, bravo. Absolutely. Um and that's the kind of tradition where, you know, uh, I, I, there were those, I think, part of it was, you know, can we keep this thing? It's embarrassing. But, hey, man, sometimes, you know, if you don't ask, if you ask for things and they don't happen, then you got to, it's like the boycott. Sometimes you got to take it to the next level to elevate the discussion. So, uh, okay. So thank you, uh, Chris. Um Please subscribe to our show, uh, The Decoding Society, on iTunes and SoundCloud. Uh, We'll be back uh, with another topic, uh, current event, in a short future. Um, Everyone out there, have a good time and enjoy the basketball playoffs if you are indeed watching them. They have become interesting. All right, brother. Thanks a lot. Okay. Talk later. Take care. Yep. Yep.